Hello, I'm Harriet Hendel, and you are listening to Pursuing Justice. As we often do, we have a topic we'll be discussing for the next four programs. Our theme this time is centered around four guests from an organization that's called Witness to Innocence. It's based in Philadelphia. It began in 2003, and it is the only national organization in the United States composed of and led by death row survivors and their families. Their mission is to abolish the death penalty. The founder of this group is Sister Helen Prejean. Some of you may remember her portrayal in Dead Man Walking, a movie that uh, was um, in the theaters a number of years ago. She's been a lifelong crusader against the death penalty. 140 other nations have abolished the death penalty, and 185 men and women have been taken off death row in this country and exonerated since 1976. Before we begin our program today and meet our first guest, I just wanted to let my listeners know about an event that the Innocence Project of Florida is holding virtually, not in person. It's their annual exoneration celebration. Everyone can attend as it is virtual. It's free. And attorney Benjamin Crump will be the keynote speaker. He is the civil rights attorney that we often see on TV uh, in, in many, many cases. Um, so he will be our keynote, and I'll be there, so join me. And if you'd like more information, go to floridainnocence.org slash EC2021 to learn more. So save the date. It's June 10th at 7 p.m. So let's meet our first guest from Witness to Innocence. His name is Lawyer Johnson. He was just 19 at the time of his arrest, spending two years on death row in Massachusetts. His case goes back to the year 1972. It's so good to have you with us today, Lawyer. Tell us how your story begins. Okay. My story began when I was in a nightclub having some drinks with my sister and girlfriend, and all of a sudden, three black dudes approached me and asked me my name. So not knowing who they were, they did not tell me that they were police officers, okay? So I gave them a false name, just for my safety, because they didn't tell me who they were. I'm mm-hmm. thinking they could be somebody else that heard me, okay? But nevertheless, uh, officer uh, this pulled out a picture of me and said, is this you? I said, okay, yeah. I said, what's going on? He said that they have a warrant out for my arrest for murder. I said, no, you're, you're the wrong person. Show this case of mistaken identity, and once you take me down the station, it'll be cleared, okay? But anyway, Officer Best told me to turn around to be handcuffed. But as I'm going out the door, I look at my sister and my girlfriend, it's like saying, you got the wrong person for this murder, and I'm sure once I go down the station, it'll be cleared, okay? 
But nevertheless, I'm going through the police station, and while I'm going, while I'm in there, people in the background were saying, oh, we finally got that nigga. We, we know they'll get him. So, I, you know, I am picking the mic. I say my thoughts. Is, they ain't, I'm not even talking about, my, about me. I didn't do it. But anyway, I just kept saying, yeah, we finally get him. They were saying, yeah, we knew we'd get this. But nevertheless, this, my case happened during the busing. There was racial hostility mm-hmm. in the atmosphere in which my trial took place. But nice. anyway, my trial started. I had 60 people on, on my jury pool. Out of the 60, there were four people of color. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had all white men uh, for my jury. The, the district attorney challenged all people of color, women, Anybody that said that they wouldn't have no problem judging not based on a color of a person and so forth. He even challenged some of them. But nevertheless, uh, during my trial opening, the district attorney said to the jury, uh, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, this trial took place in all black communities. And a white man was killed. It was like having a white sheep being attacked by a pack of wolves. Okay, so my attorney jumped up to your honor. This is out of order. Mm-hmm. The judge told my attorney, sit down and shut up. My lawyer said to the judge, no, my exception. Nevertheless, I had an all white male jury. Okay, uh, the judge said, during the trial that he is the leading, guiding spirit of the courtroom, okay? And the district attorney used very uh, uh, racial exploitation type of evidence for a conviction. Uh, And my lawyer objected, the judge to my lawyer, I mean, sit down, shut up. My lawyer said, no, my exception. So, it, obviously, it appeared that I was going to get found guilty. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah it was sounds like, it, well, I was saying, going to say that your lawyer uh, tried to the best of his ability, but he was dealing with a very biased judge, wouldn't you say? Most definitely, okay? Yeah, right. So, 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 uh, Eventually, when I got found guilty, which I wasn't surprised, the the judge uh, said to me, do I have anything before he sends me so many electricity bulbs go to my body to, to kill me? And I said, yeah, yes, I do have something to say. You got the wrong person. Mm-hmm. And the, the judge said, huh. Like, yeah, right, you know? Yeah, so right. mm-hmm. uh, they sent me to die in the electric chair. Mm-hmm. They even... From coming back from court, they drove me right through my neighborhood. Okay, since this could be my last time I'll ever see it again. So I'm in trying to get the Walpole, and two years later, I get a new trial. Now, the same thing happened again with the session of I had women, six women and six men on my. Jury. They were all white. 
the district attorney exploited racial fears concerning people of color, and basically the same thing happened the first time happened again. Mm. But this time I got found guilty of second degree murder, okay, instead of first or the next year. So, uh, so what changed as a result of this? Well, I'll be out in 15 years providing if I don't uh, appeal. Mm -hmm. So I started appealing upon being sentenced to my lawyers, and they kept shooting me down, shooting me down. So I basically on the verge of giving up hope. All of a sudden, eight years later, a young girl by the name of Danielle Material was 10 years old when she seen the actual murderer Killed this man. She ran home crying to her mother. Her mother told her to get on the phone, call the police, and tell them what you have seen. Get on the phone, call the police, and whoever answered the phone told her that they already had a person in mind for it. So they said, well, okay. So that was it. And they tried to, uh, oh no, eight years later, she kept saying, Ma, I gotta keep trying because I see that very same person that committed this murder out here still lobbing and killing, and, and, and while the person that he lied on is still in there. Mm -hmm. Okay, so his, her mother said, Daniel, well, are you ready to come forward again? She said, yes, Mom, I have to get my conscience. So this time, she contacted my mother. My mother contacted my attorney, mm. and Danielle was brought to court for a new trial, new evidence. Now, this is a new trial, I'm sorry. Now, let, let me ask you a question here, lawyer. When, okay. did, when did she first testify? Uh, at, at what age? I guess I'm looking to see the span of time okay. when she first spoke up and then when she, she spoke up. She was 10 years old, okay? All right. Okay. When she, when she spoke up the second time, the second trial finally took place, and she was years old at that time. Oh, my goodness. The second time. You mean well, She ten, was 20 years old. 10 years went by in between her first testimony and her next? Yes. Oh my gosh, uh, that's that's incredible. That's hard to believe, okay. isn't it? Wow. I Go need ahead. to say also, like I need to say also, like that during the interrogation from the Commonwealth witness Kenneth Myers, he mentioned uh, a man by the name of uh, Vaughn Simpkins was the one that committed this murder. So when they investigated Vaughn Simpkins, he was already in prison on a crime unrelated to the crime that he's been supposedly that been they, involved with, like, okay? That they pinned on you, right? Right, yeah. Right. Well, from what okay. I understand, they say, well, listen, you got to get somebody. Because if you don't get, in fact, we have a woman that, on the first floor that told the police officers that she's seen you do it. Mm -hmm. So what happened was the lady, uh, on the first floor of testimony was brought to King Meyer's attention and he said, okay, okay, uh, I'll tell you who did it. Lawyer did it, me. Okay, mm -hmm. that's when he blamed me again, okay? I see. So, 
that's when they came and started looking for me. They found me in the Circus Act Club, you know, having fun, you know. And all of a sudden, that's when the four black detectives, undercover detectives, approached me and asked me my name. They were not in uniform. They would say, you got to get me, okay? However, like I said, they were not in uniform. I didn't know who they were. They didn't probably identify themselves as police officers. They, they look like four black thugs looking to do me harm. Okay, sure. so protecting myself, I gave her own name. So when he pulled the picture of me, then I said, okay, what's going on? Okay, that's when everything came through, you know, as far as right. what was really going on, you know? Right. So so talk more about the, the witness, this 10-year-old girl who is no longer 10 anymore, and what that was grounds for a third trial. Am I correct about that? Yes. The judge said that her testimony is more consistent than the Commonwealth witness. That's just my informer. Okay? Mm -hmm. And granted me a new trial. Okay, that was in 1982. Now, uh, I got out on bail. My bail was $500. That was sometime in February, February 4th, mm -hmm. my mother's birthday. But uh -huh. now, during that same year in September, the trial, the third trial was about to take place. That's when the, the district attorney jumped up and said, Your Honor, at this time, Commonwealth wishes to dismiss this case against Lawyer Johnson. Mm. This was just my wishes because I wanted a full trial so I'll be deemed not guilty. Right. So my it, guilt was undermined. My guilt, uh, you're right, innocent. My 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 innocent was undermined by the DA dismissing my case because when I was trying to get compensation, that very same DA said, "Well, he wasn't found innocent. I, he was his case was dismissed with representing an element of guilt." Okay. But he, he used that against me to deny me and my compensation for some kind of funds so I can get some help. Because when I get, came out of prison, I didn't get no help from nowhere, okay? I was like dipped from one major extreme to another one. Right. Yeah, yeah. He, he took away um, the ability to prove actual innocence, which when there is compensation in a, in a particular state, they would have given it to you, um, but because he dismissed the case, you didn't have have a chance. Now you you were the last person to get the death penalty before the state of Massachusetts abolished it, and you've been working on. We were just talking about it, uh, a compensation bill. Can can you talk a little bit uh, a little bit about that, lawyer? Okay. At that time, I was with the mass campaign against the death penalty, okay? Now, I was uh, trying to uh, get a conversation bill passed, not only for me, but for all the people who were wrongly convicted for crimes that they didn't do, okay? So, uh, I kept being denied, shot down. The district attorney in Boston, in the Commonwealth, they had too much power, too much, too much power. But nevertheless, uh, after 25 years of trying to get a conversation built, it finally came through. Now, let me, let me tell you how it came through. Okay. Uh, Sonia, Sonia uh, 
I forget her name. She's living. In, she's living right now in uh, in Ireland. She was wrongly convicted for crime. She didn't do also, but her husband was executed. Um, are you are you talking about Sonny Jacobs? Sonny Jacobs. Okay. Right. She invited, she invited me to the Opium. Was the Opium Theater? The Opium Theater, and no, the Wilbur Theater in Boston. Okay, to be a guest. At the uh, innocent project, uh, the innocent project, no, the innocent play. They had a play called The, the Exonerated. Okay, oh, I was yes, a, I know that. a guest. Yes, yes. So when the play was over, she called me up. But before she called me up, she, she told the audience, "We have a person named Lawyer Johnson. In fact, he's right in the audience. Audience, she said, Lawyer, you pick him up." He was also was convicted and sentenced to die for a crime he didn't do. So I came up to the stage yeah. and I took the microphone and I said, yes, I am presently engaged of getting a bill filed that will compensate people who are wanting convicted for crime they didn't do. The bill number is 1820. And I would appreciate everybody here in the audience contacting representatives and senators to be in support of the compensation bill that will rightfully give people compensation for crimes they didn't do so they can get a, 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 a leaf or some help on life once they come out of prison and so forth, okay? Sure. And after two weeks took place, after yeah. that, that speech I gave there, yeah. the bill finally came through hmm. 25 years later. <sighs> oh, boy. And did it? And did once it, again, and, did and once again, whoa, yeah. this will happen. Okay. The district attorney yeah. caught wind of it. And had uh, uh, contact Senate President Bulger at the time, William Bulger, okay, to uh, tell the governor to don't pass, don't sign on on the bill. So they took the bill and they threw it in the ballot. So it was on the verge of being approved, but they passed the the bill. Is there any chance that the bill will ever become law in Massachusetts? What do you think? Well, Senator Pat Jalen was the senator that was sponsoring the bill that would compensate people who were wanted convicted. Mm -hmm. At that time, the sum would be 500000 at the time. But that didn't uh, come to because of what I told you about how this the district attorney caught wind of it and had Senate President Bowser to tell the governor to, at the time it was Governor Dukakis, at the time, to, to trash the bill. Okay? Yeah. And ever since then, I was lingering and lingering, trying to get some compensation. But what happened, what they did was that they found a way to give me a little money that would help me in my struggle you know, that that's nowhere near the amount that was supposed to be agreed upon. Sure. You know, so since they had me over the barrel when when, when they offered me the money, I had to accept something because yeah. I was destitute, you know? Well, sure, sure. So, yeah. so I, you know, it wasn't not, enough. in other words, I was, yeah, I was robbed mm -hmm. of not only the time I spent in, in, in prison, but I, I also was Rob, in the in my attempt to get the the bill passed, that would not only help me, but would help other people that were running convicted for, for crimes that they didn't do. 
okay? Yeah. But as it stands right now, there is no compensation bill that's legal because of they trash the bill. Yeah. Oh, and when it first got approved by both houses, I took, you know, it, I was engaged in a competition bill struggle for 25 years. Oh. And when the fine came through, they took it back again from me. Yeah. That's so frustrating because there are now, I think, 35 or 36 states, lawyer, that have a compensation bill. Well, uh, maybe there will be a day where you will see that bill and, and that you will benefit from it. Um, now, we, we don't have a lot of time left for your, uh, your interview today, but um, how, how have you adjusted to life after you were exonerated? Okay, how I adjusted, I couldn't adjust. What I had to do, I had to commit petty crimes such as shoplifting in order to go to jail, okay, because I couldn't take on their full onslaught of being out without, with no help and so forth, okay? Right. So right. going to jail was like a vacation for me, okay? Right. And I knew, and I knew beforehand how long will I be in jail for uh, a good three months, you know, so I took a three months for some rest and peace, okay, mm -hmm. before I go back out there again to help adjust to a world that is constantly on an overwhelming onslaught of a new of a new world, you know? Sure, sure. And I had to go in and out uh, about 10 times for me to really adjust, you know, and out now, here because I had, I had to, you know, adjust degree by degree, okay? Understood, understood. Do you so, feel so, you're you're in a better place now, lawyer, than you were before? Well, I am, but but one thing that 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 really haunt me and torture me and and trauma me, the mere fact that the same conditions that were responsible that happened to me is still going on. Yes, now indeed. they can pay people money. Okay, but money is not the solution. The only solution to this crime bill is to change the conditions that created the crime in the first place. Right. Okay. That's right. And and you know, it, it's, like I said, it's still going on. Right. Okay. But but witness to innocence is trying to make changes and enlighten people. Um, I, I think it's wonderful that you have found other people like you who have had the same experience as you have had. I'm sure there's um, a lot of comfort in being able to talk to uh, people in, in the organization. And I hope the organization maybe uh, can influence what's going on in Massachusetts and and uh, get that bill passed so that people people like you are able to, um, you know, able to live a more comfortable life, and the money, the money would certainly help you, I'm sure. All right. Well, yeah, thank you. Yeah, when is the innocent was definitely God sent. Oh, indeed. All right. We we are out of time, um, lawyer, but it's been wonderful to talk to you today, and we have a number of your friends from Witness to Innocence coming up. Um, so thank you okay. so much for your time today. I do appreciate okay. it.
All right. Thank, and you, for, thank you for having me. You're very, very welcome. And please tune in next time for Pursuing Justice. Thank you.